On February 8, 1914, in Chicago's Palace Theater, cartoonist Windsor McKay was putting on a show. He stood before the crowd with a whip grasped in his hand. After giving a lecture on the making of animation, McKay stood to the right of a film screen and introduced the only dinosaur in captivity. The film began and the first thing the audience saw was a long-necked dinosaur poking her head out from a cave. McKay called for the dinosaur, named Gertie, to come forward. From there, McKay commanded Gertie to do a series of tricks, from raising her foot, bowing on command, and even dancing on her two hind legs. Gertie wasn't always obedient, however, at times ignoring her master's orders and doing things such as hurling a distracting mammoth into a nearby lake. But McKay was able to placate the dino by giving her treats, an illusion that he accomplished with a cardboard apple. For the film's finale, McKay would walk off stage and reappear in the film. Gertie would then use her mouth to lift her master up, place him on her back, and walk away as McKay bowed to an applauding audience. Already a household name thanks to his Little Nemo comics, Gertie the Dinosaur considerably elevated Windsor McKay's status as an artist. And while he couldn't take his show on the road thanks to restrictions placed on him by his employer, newspaper magnate William Randolph Hearst, McKay was able to arrange for a film version of the performance to play in theaters, allowing the feat of Gertie the Dinosaur to reach a larger audience than ever imagined. While Gertie the Dinosaur was not the first animated feature film by any stretch of the imagination, its presentation and the revolutionary techniques it introduced made the film inspire an entire generation of animators. Among those inspired by McKay's creation were six young men, Bob Iwerks, Hugh Harmon, Rudolph Ising, Carmen Maxwell, nicknamed Max, Isidore Freeling, and Walter Elias Disney. The Welcome! Dudes, it's a boys episode, and yeah. it's on the YouTube. Look at you, YouTube. Tried a different angle Whoa, today. What's up? Hey, Take it's Rad nose. Dad, Sad Dad, Swipe Right Mike, and the Beard himself in the Sad Dad Cave. <laughs> Is that door shut? Because Okay, just in case the Predator song comes on again, I want to make sure I don't fall in my fucking chair. <laughs> We're hot. All right. A little bit of Looney Tunes action music in the background. I'm so excited for this. All right. First and foremost, Mike said it in a text thread. Oh. Who was your biggest cartoon crush if you had to say one? Am I going first on this? Mike, you can go first. Uh, I'm going to say... It was a gadget from Rescue Rangers. Oh, oh yeah. all that, right. That yeah. accent, and accents, and uh, like, how graphic do I want to get on this? <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't sexual. I was, I was a little kid, uh -huh, but, sure. but, but right. now it's sexual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of, course, of course. Yeah, Rule Thirty Four. I'm all, I'm all over. <laughs> you go to those weird like cartoon porn sites to find <laughs> Babs. Oh, Lola Bunny? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got a weird deviant art, like, saved library on his phone. Yep, my uh, my deviant art page will be in the description below. <laughs> See? <laughs> right here. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, good lord. Guys, Looney Tunes. This was a sad dad select. Notice how yeah. Ryan's dodging the question. 
<laughs> yeah, what's up, dude? Oh, shit. Well, it was Ursula. We are pro LGBTQ, so I guess I wouldn't kick bugs and drag out of bed for eating quackers. <laughs> Ooh. Well, quackers? No, I'm just kidding. Who, uh, who was quackers again? Just kidding. That was a terrible joke. No, I'm trying to think. Um, I have to say, I mean, obviously Jessica Rabbit. Yes. Yes. A big deal. Mm-hmm. But there was actually a movie called Cruel World where Kim Basinger played kind of a Jessica Rabbit and I actually do prefer blondes <laughs> as per my taste in life. So, <laughs> as, as one might be able to tell from social media. But anyways, Josh. You know, um... Jessica Rabbit's a very good choice, but you know who I always love their style and and like I was like I was attracted to the style of like Kim Possible. Oh yes, Kim you know, Possible. like those girls with like <laughs> you know the shorter shirts yeah, and yeah. baggy pants and stuff like that mm-hmm. was cool. Red hair. Uh huh. Teach. J Rabs, one hundred percent J Rabs. But the, th- the thing was, is like at that age, and it's funny because like I've dated a few different redheads. I was married to a redhead. My daughter has red hair. My wife currently has red hair. When I was a kid, I did not like girls with red hair. I didn't. I was not attracted to girls. With, I was like blatantly unattracted to girls with red hair for whatever reason. And uh, J Rabs, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they well, don't something. Yeah. It. It's also this like sultry-ish kind of '40s big band vibe that oh, I yeah. really like. The and sparkly, curvy dress oh, and the high yeah. heels. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the, it was the dress. The hair the dress. over her eye. You know, the, like, it was, double yeah, the makeup. Yeah. <laughs> she was like the first like cartoon skank. I would have. Yeah. I would have thought that she uh, wasn't a skank. I'm just kidding. The nurse from Animaniacs <laughs> would have been Ryan's pick. Uh, really? Hello, yeah. nurse. <laughs> I nah. I mean, I see. That's the thing is, is as I got older, like, and I saw more of the cartoon illicit XXX stuff <laughs> pop up in Nurse Joy. I don't know, know weird websites that you <laughs> frequent. I was like, okay, I guess this is okay, but I just, I never, it, it, the two never really clashed as much for me as a kid, like. Because I was, and this is coming back around to the actual topic of today, Looney Tunes. Like, I was a huge fan of Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like, and I still am. Same. Um, and the story is fascinating. I mean, we're talking, you heard it in the opening clip, like, when it first came out, it was more of, like, a novelty. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Nickelodeons were what Nickelodeons were. It was like, oh, come on, Rosemary, here's a nickel, pop it into the old photograph. Ah, look at the lights. It's crazy. I'm tripping balls. <laughs> and, like, you'd have these moments where you would, you know, I mean... It's one of the first tricks I learned in school was somebody would take a flip book and, you know, do the drawing on each page and then be like, look, it's me blowing myself. <laughs> well, cool. We can't all be winners in life. But, like, the the thing about it was, the thing about it that was cool I with Nickelodeons is that it animation, I think now, especially in modern age, is finally really getting its due as far as, like, you know, no, no, like Oscar-winning 
incredible. Like some of the best movies I have ever seen are animated movies, mm-hmm. hands down. Yeah, you look at Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. Fantasia. That is the if if I had my druthers, Studio Ghibli would be the ones behind, and I don't care if it takes ten years to make a Legend of Zelda movie. Oh, God, that'd be so good. It would be fucking awesome. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Studio today. Uh, he's he's riding that. Do you know what I heard the other day though? Side tangent to Zelda. There's not going to be DLC for Tears of the Kingdom. Really? Yeah, they've That's stopped nice. working on it. Damn and liter- it. I just sorry. <laughs> what? It's for some reason. He's over there snorting. I just had the mental image of them making this movie and Sam Jackson be like, "Hey, listen, motherfucker." Oh. I don't know why. Just, hey, I get it. So, <laughs> Looney Tunes. Sam Jackson in any movie is going to make the property better. I, I, I agree with you, Josh. I have no control over my thoughts, man. And that's just what was there. No, I understand it. And I love you for it. So, let's continue on. Folks, we know what our crushes are. What was your first exposure to the tunes of looniness? Oh, you know what? I I don't even remember my first exposure with it. I remember watching oh, it. Oh, oh, wrong button. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I remember watching it as a little Quiet kid. in the studio. Yeah. Phones on silence. Yeah. So okay. So you you don't remember? Do you, do you, were you like one of those people who had a favorite character though? Now I know oh, we talked about yes. crushes. Like, uh, who did who did you? We we already established that I'm the only furry here. Like right you on. all have people as your oh. cr- cartoon crushes. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't judge you for that, man. Hey, I don't judge hey. any of you either with your massive tits and Jessica Rabbits. Mine's an actual mouse. <laughs> I get it though, but like, as far as like a, a character that you rooted for, oh yeah, liked- I still love uh, Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner. Just seeing all mm-hmm. the, all, like, uh, Looney Tunes for me was the first, like, safe show I could watch as a kid. Like, a safe cartoon to watch. Um, even though it was extremely violent. Like, you look at it now and it's very maiming and slapstick and, uh, yeah. But it was, uh, um, I just w- loved seeing the uh, Wiley Coyote always getting himself in trouble. Yep. Never yeah. learning a lesson, and uh, stupidest or, cartoon character ever. What I love him. <laughs> yeah, most most, uh, most entertaining. <laughs> you just for, you just oh. jump back in and be like, yeah, like your picks suck. <laughs> so. Sorry, like oh, one of my faves, but what an idiot! How many freaking oh, yeah. times? Yeah, totally. Like, can't I, figure it out. I kind of loved. He doesn't learn that the road common sense. The, the Road Runner was more of like a. Uh, it was more of like a. It wasn't. See, like I got annoyed quick with like the Sylvester and Tweety characters because yeah. yeah. I'm like, Tweety, shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut up. I get the gimmick. <laughs> Little guy topples big oaf. It, I get it. It works way dynamic. better with Foghorn Leghorn though. I d- I yeah. agree with the little chicken guy or whatever his name was. I chicken, said, "Hey, boy." <laughs> I said, "Hey, boy, we have a way of things around here in the south." <laughs> Daddy eats first. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Daddy's gotta eat. But there's there's a lot of okay. So we we've established your favorite. Yes, Roadrunner Coyote. Yeah. 
traps Sad dad. and shit. Oh, man. They're all my favorite. I mean, all right. I'll never not love anything Bugs Bunny. But uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. yeah. Like the big freaking chicken that like... Roided out or, chicken. Or a rooster <laughs> or whatever. That like anything that comes out of his mouth in our day and age, like... He, like no wonder Looney Tunes is banned at this point. <laughs> like, like, but I love it. I don't know why. Like, I mean, some of it's border. Like, I, I guess over the border, racist. Which is there's some is problematic awful. stuff. Yeah, to there's get into. Yeah. there's some problematic stuff for sure. Like, I mean, you don't see very gonna, like much Speedy Gonzalez nowadays. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not. Yeah. He sped off. <laughs> some some say he's still running. No, we put up a wall. He's not coming back. Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Speedy tried to come back, but Ron DeSantis shipped him to fucking uh, a hurricane state or something like that, and he probably ended up getting hurt. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry, conservatives. I, I, I love you. I'm a diehard die liberal. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, no, we don't get into politics. Anyway. But it's okay. It's okay to have your own opinion. This is my last podcast. Uh, no. No. I, uh, Josh. Foghorn Leghorn. Roadrunner and uh, Wiley Coyote Josh. Remember how I told you guys that there was going to be interesting stuff that came up? Uh huh. Yes. I was a Disney kid. Ah. All right. That's that's why I thought that it would be interesting for me to be here because I and it's no plight against um uh Looney Tunes, well, but like that you, was the thing growing up like we my mom bought all of the Disney VHSs. Oh yeah. So did ours too though. Like I you know, we could talk about that for a long time. Well, oh, yeah. sure. to, to put it into perspective, Disney was the blockbuster that animation needed. And right. Steamboat Willie fucking shocked the shit out of people. Not because of him talking, but because of the sound effects. Exactly. Sound was such a big deal, mm-hmm. and and that was the marvel of it. We watch it now, and we're just like, yeah, of course, I see this. You know, I could edit something like this on my phone in like two minutes. Exactly. But back in the day... It was revolutionary. It was revolutionary, and it's because of Disney we get Merry Melodies slash Looney Tunes. Yes, yes. When producers are sitting there chopping cigars and they're like, I've been looking at these figures and everybody over there who's got Disney pictures is making a lot of money and I need to make a lot of money. Right. And that's why uh, I brought that up, because, of course, we're going to talk about who framed Roger Rabbit. That's yeah, sure. That's, the- that's a pivotal moment for the people that loved Looney Tunes and the people who love Disney. Um, but I wasn't impervious to Looney Tunes. Uh, you know, I saw like the Bugs Bunny and all that. And as far as characters, this is the long way around the answer. Kids. Oh, it's fine. Um, I, I always enjoyed probably Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner as well. My man. Because yeah, yeah, like the Bugs Bunny stuff, like it's, it's fine, but it's like, sometimes I'm like, okay, let's go to someone else now. And, um, we know he's the master, like teaser. You know, like he's gonna tease the crap out of you or make fun of you. Yeah, he's the ultimate like, we know, troll. We know. Yeah, he's the troll. So ultimate troll. Yeah, it's uh, it's fine. And I'll, if, if there's a movie like Space Jam or something, I'll probably watch it because I still enjoy the artistry mm-hmm. of those characters because Disney characters and Looney Tunes characters are very different. 
Yeah. There's yeah, a lot it, more violence in Looney Tunes. Wow. It's, oh, yeah. it's the Chaplin versus Buster Keaton kind of apex, where Buster Keaton is all about the jokes and the gags and the sights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chaplin is the story. Right. And that's the difference between, in a broad stroke and a very broad generalization, I'm not saying this for everything, because there are Looney Tunes that won Academy Awards mm-hmm. and for shorts. And incredible, like characterization the thing about that with looney tunes that's so amazing too is that and i'll going around the whole full i'll say bugs bunny as well i love bugs i think that mel blank is 80 percent of what makes looney tunes great he does like 85 percent of the voices doesn't he yeah yes it's like um there's somebody very similarly who did a lot of uh, 80s, 90s animation voices that I see come up time and time again when it when it's when it's brought up as far as like Disney and um, I can't think of his name oh, off the top of my head. I know who you're talking about the guy from Cheers. I think so. He does the pig in Toy Story. John Hamm. John Hamm. No. No. It's not John Hamm. <laughs> He's no, the, he's, the male, he's the mailman. Male yeah. <laughs> I think it's. It, I'm pretty sure it's John something though. He's the mailman in Cheers. I, I'm not. Uh, yeah. So if I saw his name, I would know it right off the top of my head. I have his. I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. I'm going to John Ham because I can only think of the pig from Toy Story. That's whose name is Ham. Ham. <laughs> Maybe that's so. <laughs> John Ratzenberger? Yes. He was Cliff. Ah, yes. Is that who you're talking about? And didn't he just die like a year or two ago? I'm not sure if he if he did. He's I don't think he's dead yet. I hope not. He does he's done like the most I don't know if this is like true or not. I I think I remember reading at some point that he's done like the most voice voices for animated characters like Hmm. ever. He does a lot with Disney. I want to also, right off the bat, say that if you really want an excellent, excellent YouTube rabbit hole to fall down as far as... A a Bugs Bunny hole to fall down. Well, there's this incredible, and I used it in the very beginning, um, there's this incredible, like... I want to say six or seven part series on the history of Looney Tunes that really breaks it down. The, the YouTube channel is called Kaiser Beams. It'll be in the description for the episode. The, it's called The Merry History of Looney Tunes. It's incredible. That's where the opening clip was taken from. And it and it really, and I'm, again, we're, we're doing like a brief, brief history overline of the entire thing. And part of this history too comes from what I just finished reading a book called Tinseltown which talks specifically about the silent film era and a murder mystery that several different starlets were either considered persons of interest and a few of them confessed on their deathbed that they were actual murderers of the famed producer of silent films. But that's for a future episode. But wow. it painted a picture of the producers at the time. And one of the big things that happened was is that Paramount had a big antitrust law going after them because before studios 
but before studios basically produced films, paid for them, and then marketed them to theaters, those said film studios could also own exclusively theater chains that had to play their movies. Uh. And one of the big ones that was monopolizing it at the time was Paramount, or what became Paramount. And um, because of antitrust in the 20s, that shifted completely and basically made it more fair for everybody. It wasn't one of these things like where it was forcing theaters to play. You can only play these movies, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, the whole time, people... And this is, this is something that happens throughout history, too. Every single time a new invention comes out... Ooh! Oh, no! Radio! No one's ever going to watch TV! Oh, no, TV! No one's going to go to the movie theaters! And look, in the 50s... This is jumping ahead for, especially for... for <laughs> oh, no, movie theaters! No one's going to pick their ass anymore. <laughs> oh, no, my ass! It's clean! <laughs> so, in the, in the 50s, specifically, Warner Brothers lost a good 30% profits because of things like TV. Because of things like the McCarthy issues, which is where everyone's like, you're a commie, you're a commie. Hey, you looked a little too longingly at that that poster of Cesar Chavez over there, you're a commie too. <laughs> like it, and, and it's a witch hunt, and it happens in every generation. History is full of repeating cycles of nonsense, folks, and that's why I do a history podcast. It's to tell a witch you. hunt. Yeah, it always <laughs> Nobody is. knows more about witch hunts. There, I sprinkle fairy dust on it. <laughs> that was a terrible It's Donald a witch hunt. But anyway, yes. So we're going to get into it. Looney Tunes is an American animated comedy short film series created by Leon Schlesinger. And this guy, he was an American film producer who founded Leon Schlesinger Productions, which later became the Warner Brothers Cartoon Studio during the golden age of American animation. The animators lived in a place called Termite Terrace. <laughs> So dubbed because it was run down and there was termites everywhere. There was termite, termite terrace, termite terrace, terrace. Oh, yeah, across uh, the street from Abestus Avenue. <laughs> so, Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies were initially produced by Leon Schlesinger and animators Hugh Harmon and Rudolph Ising from 1930 to 1933. Do you guys know who the first animated character for Looney Tunes was? Yes, I forgot his name, but he's. Black. Yes. <laughs> oh, am, am I? Am I? Am it's I half true. right? Am I okay? Yep. I forgot his name. Once you say it, I'll, I'll remember it. His name was Bosco. Boom. Bosco. That's right. Yes. And <laughs> was he also? Was he always on a tugboat? No, but no. that Bosco was in es- in essence like a. It's a Mickey Mouse dupe. I mean, you know what I mean? Mickey Mouse was always on the tugboat. They were both black, too. Yeah, they were. Yes, this is Bosco's Boat Adventures. (laughs) Hey, uh, boss, I think uh, Bosco looks a lot like Mickey. In fact, he's got a high-pitched voice. Shut the fuck up! (laughs) (laughs) Fired! Good sound effect. Get out of here! But that's true. I uh, is is first is Bosco is an animated cartoon character created by animators Hugh Harmon and Rudolf Ising. Bosco is the first recurring character in Leon Schlesinger's cartoon series and was the star of thirty nine Looney Tunes shorts cr- released by Warner Brothers. They did Bosco dirty. 
Well, you know, well. I love the art. Like, I love all that. I, this is a side tangent, uh-huh. but Josh, you, you can, this is where you shine. Cuphead. Yeah. A more oh, recent, a, a throwback <laughs> to this era of, of art animation style and everything. Cuphead was a platformer kind of running. Side, it, it, side interesting scrolling. Side-scrolling platformer. It's kind of a shooter, the way you sh- yep. shoot at the little... But it's that same, like, Merry Melodies, mm-hmm. old-timey 30s, 40s Betty art Boop, style. Everything's moving around yeah. in faces. And, Which I'll yeah. get into that Every, more. Yeah, everything's bouncing and growing and shrinking and just... Like, waving. Yeah, it's an acid but that's, <laughs> you got, yeah. and, 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 and Lots of bells and whistle sounds with crazy, yeah. like... Yeah, crazy audio. Yeah, that one will go forever. Sorry, I hit that one. That's all right. That's why it was funny. They can laugh. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> all right. Uh, Cuphead. Cuphead was a very good game. Josh, you want to talk a little I bit? I fucking on that? love Cuphead. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> all right, everyone, take a bait, bait break. <laughs> so Cuphead. Uh, it's a game that uh, won a lot of people over because of the art style. It has a very old-timey, uh, or, you know, 1930s, 40s. 30s, 40s, and it has the big band music. Um, the fights are well animated. It's so good. Uh, but the problem is a lot of people saw this aesthetic, and they were like, I want to play this game, and not realizing that it is hard as balls. Nightmare. Um and that's the thing. It's like you go into it, it's basically boss rushes um, with a couple of like run and gun levels. But uh, yeah, to beat that game took me probably six months. And then to beat it again Which, on the hardest me, difficulty. That is staggering for Josh. He's one of the best video game players I know, hands down. When he got Diablo, I'd already been playing for 30 30 hours at that point and then like the next week i meet up with him on <laughs> he there. beat it in six minutes <laughs> at that point he's Done. like he's like Sorry. oh where are you in the game i beat it oh uh, oh shit um i'm like yeah i've already got like 39 hours and he like his character like walked onto the map and like everything died i'm like wow <laughs> hi ryan it's the pestilence i'm the beards character in diablo 4 i bring death Destruction. You should have seen my character in Diablo Three. Done. Fuck. Man. Oh, no. Um. But yeah, Cuphead. It's it's a very difficult game. But that's the thing is it's it's no different than um the Dark Souls, Dark Souls and stuff. You just got to learn how to play it right. Or like Super Meat Boy, which is another one similar <laughs> to where it's like it is hard. But we, that's because Rewarding. you got to learn how to play it right. Right. Because the thing is, Cuphead is very easy. Once you know what you're doing, right. like memorizing how like their their movements that they might do right before they do an attack and going, okay, I got to do this, 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 and this, and then I can do something. Once you know that, then it's not hard. True. But, but it's a lot of memorization probably. Takes a yes. Long time. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. there were some of those fights that I probably did at least a hundred times. So yeah, it, to beat it on the hardest difficulty took me over a year. Jeez. So... What do you think the Looney Tunes name was inspired by? I'm gonna say it was inspired by uh, uh, the, the music, right? Well, okay, yeah, it was somebody's Looney name, Tunes. wasn't it? Well, Walt Disney had silly symphonies. So merry melodies. Yes. Yeah. And 
in all the research I, sh- I sought out, there really isn't a difference between, say, a Merry Melodies and a Looney Tune when you go that far back. It's really just production teams okay. that I can tell. And also... It's almost like a different era of the same characters. Think about it like this. These production studios like Warner Brothers and the like and Disney Studios and all that, they, when they named something off music, what else did those companies own? Music studios. Yeah. Yep. So what are they going to push in those? Well, this episode's named, She Wore a Purple Hat, the newest Benny Goodman hit of the century. And that's like just yeah. a bunch of characters like, She Wore a Purple Hat. <laughs> and maybe she'll go out with me. Oh, I lost my job. Great Depression. Fuck my life. <laughs> Excuse me, Bosco. That was beautiful. We just needed someone to beatbox under it. Indeed. <laughs> so the debuts of some crazy directors came out of Termite Terrace, though. We get Tex Avery, Fritz Freeling, Chuck Jones, Chuck Robert, Jones. Robert McKinson, and... Dun, 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 dun. Like I said with the Bugs Bunny, I gave him the introduction there. The Incredible, the most, maybe the biggest star. He's like the, to me, he's like the George Lucas or the Hideo. Hideo Kojima. Kojima, yeah, yeah of this Mel Blanc. Um, what's crazy, and and this is fascinating to me, is that um, most of the the voices that were done for all the characters in those early early Looney Tunes. They're just animators. They didn't want to pay for actors. But hey, nothing's changed then. <laughs> Sonic, go left. <laughs> I want a chili dog. <laughs> Shit, we gotta redo that. Our order came in from Jimmy John's. Um, but yeah, no, it's like it was specifically animators, but when Melvin Jerome Blank, born May 30th, 1908, who lived until 1989, so he had a good 81 years, um, he had an incredible, he was a radio personality whose career spanned over 60 years. During the golden age of radio, he provided character voices and vocal sound effects for comedy radio programs, including those of Jack Benny, Abbott and Costello, Burns and Ellen, The Great Gildersleeve, Judy Carnal. Judy Canova and his own short-lived sitcom. However, he became known worldwide for his work in the golden age of American animation as the voices of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Tweety, Sylvester, Yosemite Sam, Foghorn Leghorn, the Tasmanian Devil, and numerous other characters from the Looney Tunes and Mary Melody's theatrical cartoons. Gold star. Five stars. He's got talent. A+. plus. I mean, all of those voices are, are iconic. I wonder if he did uh, Marvin the Martian. He's one of my favorites, too. Oh, yeah. He's great. But, and this is where we're going to start to segue up this, this history a bit now that we've kind of set the stage with the players. Do you guys know who the first big hit character was? Because Disney had those memorable characters with Mickey Mouse. But. It's actually kind of interesting who the first Looney Tunes character was. It wasn't Bugs, because no. Bugs came later. Was it the skunk? Peppy? Peppy. 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 Yeah, we didn't Peppy. even mention Peppy. Oh, man, I'm trying to think here. Daffy Duck? Close. Uh, it's a duck. Is, is it Sylvester? It's okay, it's a duck. <laughs> is it Sylvester? <laughs> 
<laughs> Sylvester's a cat. Yeah, I know, but is it Sylvester? There? No. No. Okay. No, but that's that's a great. Donald also Duck. <laughs> Sorry, I know that's wrong. <laughs> Donnie Duck. <laughs> Donnie Ducko. Do you have any j- j- uh, guesses there? It's sir? tough because, I mean, we're we've named off a lot of them, like except for like Tasmanian Devil, who was. We know he's he survived in women's uh, oversized shirts at Walmart. Um, <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> hey, what are you trying to say? I say, get out of my way. This is my daughter's favorite ride. It's called the Tilt World. I know in my shirt it says Tweety on it, but I'm a sweetie. It's a it's a bumper sticker, man. All these characters went. <laughs> To sleep on Latina moms and it's like memes before memes were a thing. You'd see these people in these Tasmanian devil shirts. It's like, don't give me no attitude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they get the fucking tattoo. And yes. they would always end up on Big Johnson shirts too. It's yeah. Like, what the fuck is Sylvester doing on a shirt that says something about like, if the front doors close, the back doors the way to go, brother. <laughs> Sylvester doesn't give a shit about <laughs> anal sex. I'm that just you saying. Know of. Yeah, that's true. Teach their own. No judge. But 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 you but all stuff. But, 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 <laughs> no, you're all I- I- incorrect. It was p- 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 Porky Pig. Oh, he was the first yeah. big Looney Tunes character. He's not a duck. No, close though. He's a, he's a barnyard animal. Barn- he's something you can cook and eat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Look, people like their pigs, and John let Hamm. me tell you something. History has a has a thing for. We love our, we love our mentally impaired, and when somebody has a speech impedis- impediment, we're gonna immediately glom onto them and make fun of them. Yeah. Uh, when Porky has to give a speech or recite, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's funny shit right there. <laughs> Look at them homosexuals; they're not laughing. Beat them up. <laughs> Just, like this is fat. He's trying to defend himself. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> ah, look at this fucking pig. <laughs> and they're, they're just pissing their pants. <laughs> I'm gonna c- 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 come. <laughs> Just see the two piggy, piggy hooves swinging in the rafters. <laughs> and this is funny. His oh debut God. was in an episode called, or a, uh, an animation short called "I Haven't Got a Hat," directed by Fritz Freling. Beans was the star of the next Porky Beans cartoon, Gold Diggers of 49, but it was Porky who emerged as a star instead of Beans. The ensemble characters I haven't got a hat, such as Oliver Owl and Twin Dogs, Ham and X, were also given a sampling of shorts, but Beans and Porky proved much more popular. Beans was later phased out when his popularity declined, leaving Porky as the only star of the Schlesinger studio. Bean probably didn't have a speech impediment. Right, there was nothing. He was normal. That's the yeah, thing. He was nothing they, wrong with we, him. We we didn't glom onto the the straight character like we do nowadays, where it's like every story has to function with somebody like being the guiding force in a in a narrative, like a Mickey Mouse. You messed up when you decided that you were gonna, you know, have a black guy 
black, it, not just a black guy, he's a black child. Yeah. So it's like this whole, yeah, bad. But America's ni- fucked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. We want more. Um, more popular Looney Tunes characters were created, most of which first appeared in Merry Melodies cartoons such as Pepe Le Pew, who debuted in 1945's Od- Odorable Kitty. Odorable yeah. Kitty. Yeah, he got canceled, Odorable. didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He shouldn't have. He's just fucking French. Well, <laughs> you ever hear the Dave, the right. Dave Chappelle skit where he talks I just about... You ever listen to the Dave Chappelle skit where he talks about Pepe Le Pew? Yes. No, he's like the first pimp or whatever. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, he, well, he he's, he's a rapist. Is what he's a rapist. Yeah, he's a rapist. Yeah, he's a rapist. I say you 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 have a. <laughs> I'm have a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't French at all. <laughs> I'm a rapist. I'm gonna go to rehab. <laughs> yeah, he's an Italian now. <laughs> we just go. Hey, look. We're the oh. animators just doing the voices. It's <laughs> fine. Just put like le in front of it. Le rehab. I do not have a problem. Um, Come here, Sherry. No, yes. I love it when you push and claw at my face because you do not want my kids. I do not wear a condom. <laughs> That sounds like a, a, a dirty uncle. <laughs> and she's like, you smell like shit. Get off of me. <laughs> He's like, oh. I would love a modern version of some of these cartoons. <sighs> Pervert skunk. Pervert skunk. <laughs> that was a good, great idea, Mary Mellon. I love your ideas. You're going straight to the top. He's a, per- fuck, he's a skunk. Per- and he's a pervert. <laughs> He'll have sex with anything. That's right. So not only was he uh, a big big star, Sylvester debuted in 1945's Life with Feathers, Yosemite Sam debuted in 1945's Hair Trigger, Foghorn Leghorn debuted in 1946's Walkie Talkie Hockey, Marvin the Martian <laughs> debuted in 1948's Hair Devil Hair, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner debuted in 1949's Fast and Furious, Granny debuted in 1950's Can... Canary Row. Okay, who actually fucking cared about the granny? Canary Row? Yes. Canary. 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 Well, I'm thinking that there's a Steinbeck novel, but... I'm sorry. Josh. Yeah, d- did anybody actually like the granny? No. It's like, she's a piece of shit, right? Well... Do you remember the witch? Yeah, the granny. No, no, no. Like, no, there, there was, was a witch. witch. There was a green witch or something. Yes, you're right. Yep, I don't remember her name. Because I- they were... They're all about... So, Emma Webster, better known as Granny, is a fictional character created by Fritz Freeling, best known for Looney Tunes and Mary Melody's animated shorts. She is the owner of Tweety Bird and, more often than not, Sylvester and Hector. Now, who is the black woman that would never show, like, her face and was the owner of, like, Sylvester? Sylvester? Stallone. Uh, Stallone. <laughs> I don't know how that crept out. I'm sorry. Fucking Tweety Boo. Boyd. Get that on the soundboard. There you go. So, uh... You're saying the black lady? Yeah, do you not remember that? Yeah, uh, I do. Okay. I, I vaguely I do. remember that too. 
we might get into it when we creep farther along. Uh, the golden era is considered 1944 to 1964, as far as like, and I wouldn't say because I mentioned in the 50s with the McCarthy and things shifting, and there was like a big shift with TV specifically because many order many owners changed many hands, and Jack Warner Sr. and Jack Warner Jr. were kind of like. I mean, before there was Succession, there was, anim- you know, like there was the, this version of it when it came to studios, especially when it came to handing down the keys. They didn't want to give up their prized possessions easily, especially with how much work they put into it. And I get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, we're all going into the same pile of dirt. We need to just say good riddance to this life. We did the best we can. You don't need to hold on to just about anything in this world except for the love of friends and family so shut the fuck up about i'm 80 years old and i need to claw onto whatever it's all useless the abridged version of that is that's all folks (laughs) (laughs) well played all right so more popular Looney Tunes characters were created, most of which first appeared in Mary and Melody's cartoons, such as... Okay, so we did, we went through that, the golden era. The era. The, all those characters that I mentioned all came out during the era that was like, okay, this is quintessential. Mm-hmm. Now, as I said, with TV, there was this studio called like AAP who actually was on a buying frenzy. Initially, they bought all the pre... Uh, like... F- mid 40s back cartoons nothing with bugs though they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't sell warner brothers wouldn't give up bugs because he was a cash cow for them oh, yeah. um they went to i want to say paramount and our uh, uh, various different studios and we're on a spending frenzy for tv because they were like the first people to be like i think we got something here especially if we can get some sort of rights and then get syndication i mean these are classics they tried to buy tom and jerry woody woodpecker all these things it's tom and jerry with the uh <clears throat> the black woman yes okay okay my bad, my bad. Uh, yeah. yes okay. okay so there was a flip that happened here though when aap bought the rights from warner brothers for I think it was roughly twenty one million in the fifties, which wow. seems like chunk chains. Like if somebody told me they got like even even to this day when I hear like the billions that George Lucas made, I'm like, is that enough for Star Wars? Mm-hmm. I don't know how do you quantify that. To me, like certain things are priceless. Like the rights to like say some band like the Beatles or Nine Inch Nails or Dream Theater or whatever um uh, me what do you love me what mike. do i love mike what do i love i know uh how mike, long have you known mike me gaze. <laughs> damn Paul, uh, you like a lot of stuff uh yeah like Olympus, what? name name one thing uh, lincoln park blind guardian <laughs> thank you <laughs> for the record 21 million dollars in the 1950s equals to Two hundred and sixty-six million dollars now. So it's not a bad chunk, especially if they're going through losses. Uh, but with the twenty million, twenty-one million they made, Jack Warner Jr. bought like eighty percent of the shares for Warner Brothers back from them. Because he was like, fuck you, dad. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of infighting in studios. Problem is, 
families sometimes they just don't get along and especially when there's all this power out there they're like oh boy i created bugs's cartoon carrot so i should have a say (laughs) you know like everybody everybody feels ownership especially in those situations even though they're these producers generally tend to be the least of anything other than just put your money on the table and go fucking fuck your secretary or whatever you do see i don't care about bugs or his his carrot or anything i just want i think all the glory should have gone to who made a big chungus (laughs) big chungus (laughs) (laughs) and that's the josh take yes hot take now, just as there's a golden era, there's a dark era, folks. <laughs> yeah. From 1964 to 1969. Nice. See, Sylvester was like, man, I think this Vietnam War is a bad idea. What do you think, Porky? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> During the mid-late 1960s, the shorts were produced by DePate Freeling Enterprises and Format Productions from 64 to 67 and Warner Brothers 7 Arts from 67 to 69. After Warner Brothers shut down their animation studio, which they did several times. The shorts from this era can be identified by their different title sequence featuring stylized limited animation and graphics on a black background and a new arrangement by William Lava of the merry-go-round broke. The change in the introductory title cards was possibly to reflect the switch in the animation style of the shorts themselves. In 1967, Warner Brothers 7 Arts commissioned an animation studio in South Korea to redraw 79 black and white Looney Tunes produced from 1935 to 1943 in color to be syndicated to TV stations. The original Looney Tunes theatrical series ran from 1930's Sinking in the Bathtub to 1969's Engine Trouble by Robert McKinson. A Cool Cat cartoon called Stage Cat was planned about Cool Cat being in a stage production, but it was canceled when Warner Brothers 7 Arts shut down. Interesting. Hmm. So, oh, this, this definitely takes me... The we, we've been talking are coming for you. We've been talking about our favorite... Cart- we've, we've mentioned our favorite crushes, favorite cartoon characters that we like the most... I think, truly, though, this era going back, even some in the 60s, even the early 60s, I would say, in the golden era, is iconic, though. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have watched them recently. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched a couple just before this. Like, the Bugs Bunny ones are still funny. Oh, like, absolutely. Mel Blanc would have the animators on the ground howling. A lot of Bugs Bunny. Th- uh, fourth wall breaking. And yes, a lot. Thank God you said that because I wrote that on my phone somewhere, and I knew I was going to forget. And I'm so glad you, you. You are welcome. Thank you. But yes, this is like where you get the fourth wall breaking shit. I mean, even in the very beginning, in the opening clip, they talked about the dinosaur. They immediately used that mechanism to help gauge the audience's interest to bring them into the fold. You know, that is such a clever way to involve the audience. And I didn't mention this, but there was a brief time in the 50s specifically because of the fall off. And this will just show you that history does always repeat itself. In the 50s, they were looking for new ways to get people into the theaters because of the percentage drop kind of like what we went through in the pandemic 
where they basically were like, oh, we got this new thing. You get this, kids? It's 3D. And, well, the Looney Tunes shorts that they showed at the time, the only thing that was 3D was the WB that came out in the beginning. They didn't have the fucking know-how to pull that off. It'd be like, hello, welcome to 1915. This is our virtual reality. (laughs) And it's just looking out a window or whatever. It's like, And someone just running up with a poster board. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. But, I mean, like, these things take time to get better. Like video games, we have watched video games come leaps and bounds from the beginning. But with simplicity, with doing the most with what little you have, you get these genius works of art. That's where the Super Nintendo, especially the... Probably uh, still in my top three, if not second favorite system of all time uh, the the musicians or the the composers like Nobuo Matsu who did the Final Fantasy music you look at um, like the Final Fantasy 6 soundtrack especially um, uh, Dancing Mad the last song um, in the game for the last boss fight knowing that he had so little to work with yet is able to compose this entire symphony out of bleeps and bloops that make you feel something and that's that's where that the simplicity but you can have genius in it are we going to touch base at all on uh tiny tune adventures oh yeah we're we're, we're getting there we're we're taking our time but i just wanted to to make sure that everybody got a chance to kind of you know bring it up i mean in syndication these things ran and they could make just epic like i remember as a kid just plopping down in front of like nickelodeon nickelodeon mm-hmm. specifically being owned by warner brothers which is what is always fascinating to me because when nickelodeon first came out it was like pinwheel yeah or weird canadian reading show or dc who is also was acquired very early on by warner brothers there was a show that was just people reading comics like literally reading DC Comics. Granted, they they would try to spice it up, like you know, do a voice for the Flash or the Mar, you know, whatever the Batman character was or whatever the situation was, try to spice it up. But initially, you would have thought like this would have been such a thing. But the rights for the animation was moving around so many times and had so many different hands in the pile. But like, I do remember specifically watching. Uh, a marathon of like Looney Tunes as a kid and just laughing and my dad even laughing mm-hmm. like it still mm-hmm. made him laugh and he would he himself specifically like you mentioned said that he was a huge fan of um Foghorn Leghorn do you want to pause for a second no it's fine okay sorry, sorry my, my daughter's calling me it's all good um so the merry-go-round broke down is the so- song that plays the iconic song that plays um the is a song written in 1937 by Cliff Friend and Dave Franklin and published by Harms Inc. New York. It is best known as the theme tune for the Looney Tunes cartoon series and Merry Melodies reissued cartoon series produced by Warner Brothers cartoon used from 1937 to 1969. But that, I mean, you 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 know that opening like completely. Let me see if I can play it here. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, it's just like Danny Elfman before Danny Elfman. Like, it's way more like pop and like marching band, but it's it's fun, you know. Yeah. Hey, bring something up for a spe- guys our age, and I mean, obviously, even people that are older, like. There's there's a certain amount of warmth you get from this, like the nostalgia of hearing something simple. True. Mm. True. I, I agree. Um sorry. So from nineteen seventy to nineteen ninety nine, syndication and return to television and film. This was this is an interesting time. Did it kind of bop out for you guys too? Uh, just yeah. on one just, side of mine. Yeah, same. Yeah, I have the same thing that just happened. I wonder what that was. Hmm. Technical difficulties. technical difficulties, and baby, does this help when I pull it out? Yep, that helps. There it goes. There you mm. go, Josh. You still good? I've always, I've been good this whole time. Oh. <laughs> so special. Um. So anyway, the Looney Tunes series popularity was further strengthened when it began airing on network and syndicated television in the fifties under various titles and formats. The Looney Tunes shorts were broadcast with edits to remove scenes of violence, particularly suicidal gags and scenes of characters performing self-lacio. Just kidding. Dangerous stunts that impressionable viewers could be. Let me grab my phone. What episode is that? What episode is that, right? That was Peppy Le Pew, and there was no cats around. <laughs> oh, I had to self pleasure myself. Oh, it's a 69. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, yes. Well, that's That's disgusting. <laughs> You know, he's like doing the How about the that's all, folks? His cum drips out of his mouth. Oh, God. Tastes like bacon. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) How do you recover? Production of theatrical anime shorts from 6979. New shorts were made to introduce Looney Tunes to a new generation of audiences. New shorts have been produced and released sporadically for theaters since then, though usually as promotional tie-ins with various family movies produced by Warner Brothers. While many have been released in limited releases theatrically for Academy Awards consideration, only a few have gained theatrical releases with movies. In the 70s through the early 1990s, several feature film compilations and television specials were produced, mostly centering on Bugs Bunny and or Daffy Duck with a mixture of new and old footage. These releases included the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie from 1979, the Looney, Looney, Looney Bugs Bunny movie from 1981, Bugs Bunny's third movie, 1001 Rabbit Tales from 1982, Daffy Duck's Fantastic Island from 1983, and Daffy Duck's Quackbusters from 1988. And I think I saw the Quackbusters movie. I think the only movie I saw was Space Jam. Was that... The, okay. In 1976, the Looney Tunes characters made their way into the amusement business, which is also one of the earliest times that I... Because the only amusement park my dad ever took me to was the Six Flags in, near Chicago. Great Lakes, I think it is, or Great... You didn't go to Michigan's Adventure? Oh, no, I did. I'm sorry. But, like, the one... the Like, between Cedar Point and... But I did go to Cedar Point. We just went to Six Flags a lot. That's all. Plus, they did the the... They did the haunted like amusement park thing, and my dad got me wise to that real early when they started doing that, which was totally a great gimmick for them to get people to want to come back. Because, Josh, just so you know, that's the first time I saw somebody in a full on, like, working 
Gimp predator suit. <laughs> predator suit, which is what a gimp runs from. You know what I saw yesterday at the store? This is his a... legs been blowing up. So he's he's got a huge hole in his chest cavity. Like, Lieutenant oh, Dian, come back. Um, it's, a, it's a mixture of predator and porky pig. You know, he's just... <laughs> my chest. Um. I was at the store yesterday, and this is a major side tangent, but I saw something I almost bought and maybe would have given you, but probably not. <laughs> okay. I found a legit Michael Myers mask. Wow. Like, you need to go back and get that. I know. I saw it. I'm like, th- like this It does not look flimsy or like bad looking at all. It looks totally legit. I was like. 40 bucks. I was like, mm, I kind of want this. I like Ryan, but not that much. I like I hinted at April. I'm like, this would be really cool to have. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd like to have that. Yeah. You're like, we just- I just bought you a truck two hours ago. <laughs> yeah. You can buy me this cool this, little mask. This little mask. <laughs> That's 20 bucks. So, in 1988, several Looney Tunes characters appeared in cameo roles in Disney films. In, uh, I'm sorry, not in Disney films, in a Disney film, one that we all saw and that we all were very much impressed upon on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, oh yeah. Fucking I've, love I've this seen movie. that. Yeah, I'm sorry. So good. <laughs> so, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, let's, to get into that a little bit, is a. 1988 American fantasy comedy film directed by Robert Zemeckis, a.k.a. the guy that made Back to the Future, from a screenplay written by Jeffrey Price and Peter S. Seaman. It is loosely based on the 1981 (laughs) novel Who Censored Roger Rabbit by Gary K. Wolfe. The film stars Bob Hoskins, Christopher Lloyd, Stubby K., and Joanna Cassidy with the voices of Charles Fleischer and Kathleen Turner. Combining live action and animation, the film is set in an alternate history of Hollywood in 1947 where humans and cartoon characters referred to as toons coexist in the coexist basically in like Toontown. Or Toontown is the town that they're from and then I don't know, whatever. They cohabitate in a weird mishmash. Okay, Josh, go. I'm just, uh, I'm enjoying this. You keep going, buddy. You said Kathleen Turner and it took me back to Adam Sandler. All right, cool. Kathleen Turner's got big fucking tits. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember that? The goat from that it's not, comedy it's not album. The goat, but it's from yeah, it's from the first album. Sandler. They're all gonna laugh at you. Yeah, it's something, yeah. Those were good albums. Yeah. Future episode. No. Adam Sandler. <laughs> Def- yeah. They're all gonna laugh at you. The the one that's most popular in our house is the everlasting P. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, next up, uh, Coopersville. Remember that? Oh man. Oh man. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I'll be out in a minute. Ah, here we go. <laughs> that must make us piss, piss pants. <laughs> Thirteen-year-old uh, so Ryan is dying inside. Yep, laughing. <laughs> Turner's got big fucking. <laughs> so, so as I said, they're tunes. So they coexist in this world. It its plot follows Eddie Valiant, a private investigator with a prejudice against tunes, who must help exonerate Roger Rabbit, a tune framed for murder. Mm-hmm. Mervin Acme. So Eddie Valiant, I think, without 
Is it a spoiler? Just no, no I, I don't even want to say it for a movie that's almost forty. Or it is almost forty years old. Well, I mean, I'm 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 saying this that I think his partner was killed by a tune. Yeah. Yes. I get sidetracked as soon as Jessica Rabbit walks on the screen. Yeah. When I killed yeah. your brother, <laughs> he went. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> now this movie had one major effect on me. The sequence oh, where it had two major effects on me. That's true. The boobies, and then when Christopher Lloyd's evil character gets squished and yeah. melts, scared the shit out of me you as know, a kid. It scared yeah. the shit out of me when they were like they would punish tunes. I didn't. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That freaked me out. Like what is like dip, the cute there. little shoes. Yeah. They're, yeah, they like, dump them like in the acid or whatever it was. And and, oh, yeah, just, oh. I, I just felt like my like childhood innocence fucking evaporate out of my yeah. body. And then they throw just it's like that. That's the movie that robbed us of our innocence. As Seriously, because we're watching these characters die that we grew up like just spending so much time with. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. cartoons, and then all of a sudden they give you your first boner by putting J Rabs in there. Well, not only that, but you've got to combine that with the movies that are about to come out. You've got, you've already got Back to the Future, so your innocence is still good. Then you get this, and you're kind of flip-flopping. Like, what? I'm scared, but I'm horny? And then in 1989, you got... Total Recall. No. Three Batman. Boobs, that's a thing. You've got Batman, which was huge, like huge for me. Yeah, for me too. Batman introduced me to like every one of my favorite actors... Almost like the two of them, Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. And then the hottest chick to me was Kim Basinger. And then right after that in 1990, you get Edward Scissorhands. Oh, and you Jesus. get this fucking like masterpiece fairy tale with this Danny Elfman. Yeah. Like everything about my personality was formed in like those four, four years. And Total Recall comes out in 1990. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me that the classic. 1991 X-Men did nothing for you? you? The cartoon? Yes. Yes, oh, it did a lot did. for me. Oh, yes. Rogue. I had a crush on her big time. Oh, Rogue. yeah. Dude, I was oh, first in line when the live action movie came out. Yes. Hey, future episode X-Men. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. X-Men was my first favorite comic. I had Gamic, ga- Gambit. Gambit. I was Gambit single Gambit. issues I bought all the time, and I was so mad he wasn't in the movie. Do you remember Ryan McKellar from high school? That name sounds really funny. He was in my grade. When we were kids, we used to play like in his yard and pretend we were X-Men characters. Was was, I was always Gambit and he was Wolverine. Hell yeah. It was fucking awesome. Did you like pretend throw cards all the time? No, I threw rocks at him. And- <laughs> <laughs> he had little sticks where he's like, shink, shink. I can't find my dick. Suck on this, mon ami. It's charged. <laughs> yeah, I love Gambit. Uh... So, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was released through Disney's Touchstone Pictures banner in the U.S. On June 22, 1988, the film received acclaim from critics who praised its visuals, humor, writing, and performances with critics and audience in considering it groundbreaking. And it was. It was groundbreaking the same way Steamboat Willie was. It was groundbreaking the same way Pinocchio was back in the day. It was groundbreaking in the way that the Oscar award-winning Looney Tunes episodes that won for won the awards was. It... it Every generation has this step up. Mm-hmm. And I would have said in the 90s it would have been something of the likes of a Toy Story. But we'll get to that in our Pixar episode, another future episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, fun fact. Uh, 
when they were making this movie, obviously they wanted to have Disney and they also wanted to have Looney Tunes. Right. But the problem was, is there were some strong heads and they were like, well, we're going to have our Bugs Bunny with that Mickey Mouse fucker. Uh, he better not have more lines. And so, That's it. Dusk off Bosco. I'll have as many lines as I want. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Every. Well, I don't know who this voice that was. Every line of coke in front of me right now before I do my scene. <laughs> <laughs> off my dick right now. Let's go. <laughs> I can only get off if something's up my ass and coming out my nose. Blood? Not you, Pluto! <laughs> That's a bad dog. What are you doing, Pluto? Yeah. God damn, now we damn. found that was good, Josh. That That's really good. <laughs> Hot dog! <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I had to learn the, ma- the mouse voice for my son. But anyways, so the thing is, is with the movie, they had to make it so that each character had the exact amount of words or yes. the amount of syllables they they made sure that they went through with a fine tooth comb to make sure that they were on the sc- the same amount of screen time. No words were said more than the other. It was it was ridiculous, but that was the only way they can get it. So they had that one scene where they could be together. That's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paramount owned Nickelodeon. <laughs> Aired all the unaired cartoons in a show called Looney Tunes on Nickelodeon between 1988 and 1999, and that's what I would have watched my fair share of Looney Tunes on. In January 1999, it was reported that the cartoons shown on Nickelodeon would move to Cartoon Network in the fall of that year. To date, Looney Tunes on Nickelodeon is the longest airing animated series on the network that was not a Nicktoon. Oh, wow. In 1996, Space Jam, a live-action animated film, was released to theaters starring Bugs Bunny and basketball player Michael Jordan. You know, the idea of this screams 80s to me. Just coke binge producers and directors like, what the fuck are we going to do? We need money. No! Somebody's going to find the bodies! Well, and the audacity of having a baseball playing Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to come back to like, oh, we're going to do this basketball movie, but we want you to, we know you're playing the old baseball game. And I mean, and they also got, well, it was Charles Barkley was in that. Yeah, Larry Bird. Cameos. I mean, you have. They, they even made kind of fun of uh, Michael Jordan's baseball playing. Um, like, yeah, because he, he wasn't doing great. He wasn't doing great. And they were like, you, this is put, why you put, need to put, come put, back. Put, 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 put down the b- 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 bat and pick up a b- b- basketball, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I mean, we can't all be Bo Jackson, but the thing is, Space Jam was a huge <clears throat> success, even though it was mixed with critics. I never liked it that much. I didn't either. Really? And, and oh, I, I loved it. I think it was because this was the era, you know, like we were talking about, where they're trying to do something new. They're trying to integrate cartoons in with realism, or with, you know, real life actors, people. And... You know, it's really a cut. Who Framed Roger Rabbit starts that well, ball. Sh- right, but Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I feel like, turned out way better. The way that they it worked. And it holds I, up. I think the reason why yeah. is because Space the Space Jam focus, wasn't nearly done as well. It wasn't done nearly as well. The focus wasn't on the fact that they are Disney or Looney Tunes characters. That wasn't the point of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. No. They have a whole new a story, cast like, of just 
animated characters, whereas um, with Space Jam, it's very in your face. These are all Looney yeah. Tunes characters. They, they put way too much into it, almost. Yeah, you know, something. I don't know. The cartoon mixed with the, it just didn't. It wasn't viable. Well, no. for it wasn't a two-year like period, Roger Rabbit, right, Roger Rabbit was no, and and story-wise, <laughs> I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a brilliant screenplay. It's a story. It's moving. It, you feel things. You know what I mean. Space Jam feels dead. Yeah, right. You know, it feels right. like a cameo vehicle, and for me, it it just doesn't hold up the same. And but. In, to Space Jam's credit, for a two-year period, it was the highest-grossing non-Disney movie ever. That makes sense. Michael I mean, Jordan had, was the biggest thing since sliced bread at that at that time. Yeah, I mean, well, the song was so big it too. Was, yeah, oh yeah. Welcome to the Space Jam. I got the uh, soundtrack. All right. I don't, All right. I don't, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> didn't Didn't Michael Jackson have a song on that that was like Jam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't uh, take a too much that Jam. <laughs> well, yeah. plus there was the R. Kelly. Yeah, um, R. Kelly yeah. I believe I can what, fly. Yeah, or... for the sad moment when In you the had beginning. to lure a child out of a closet or something. <laughs> no, it was, and it was pee on her. Wasn't it the uh, the very beginning when it showed Michael J- Michael Jackson? I believe I can pee. I'm just basketball. Yeah, it was Michael Jordan. <laughs> Here. I'm basically Mickey Mouse. Oh shit! Shamona. Oh shit! This is copyright. Every day I become more of a white woman. Oops. Um. Man. The film also introduced the character Lola Bunny. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Who subsequently became another recurring member of the Looney Tunes cast, usually as a love interest for Bugs. Yeah, she was a recurring character for the Rule 34 for a lot of people. Well, the the thing about it is you can never go wrong with a partner in an animated cartoon. And I would hope that we became more inclusive, obviously, as we went on and people understood things a little bit better as, as we understand that there are more, um, more than, say, one type of partnership. But... <clears throat> As it is, it was a pretty solid move. And in 1997, Bugs Bunny was featured on a U.S. 32-cent postage stamp. Oh, yeah. To, to go on with the Lola part, just for mm-hmm. a side tangent, because we know now that they made a Space Jam 2. Mm-hmm. I never saw it. I never will. Bombed. Um, the thing is, is uh, you can tell that the times are changing, because in the first, uh, the original Space Jam, yeah, Lola is... A little sexualized. Highly sexualized. A little lot. Whereas in the new one, it's virtually, from my understanding of it, mm-hmm. is virtually not there at all. Yeah. Mm. Which is, I mean, a good thing. Uh, because, yeah, things are already fucked up enough as it is. And if we want our kids to watch these movies, make maybe they don't need to see three boobs. Like, Dad, you liked Star Wars back in the day? Shut up, kid. Go to your broom. Go to my broom. Slave driver, I hate you, Dad. That's it. I'm going to talk about you on TikTok. Fuck you. Go back to your bedroom. I cage. Go back to your cage. 
Interesting. They always do that. They always like do yeah. the, the well, fake out. Flip it. You know, I mentioned that Leon Schlesing, Schlesinger or whatever Schlesinger. Was, was, was the name of the guy that was the producer of, back back in the day when Porky was the big hit he was. And there was this really funny clip I saw in the doc where he was introducing him. He was like, hello, Sh- Mr. Schlesinger. And you're waiting for him to try to get through this. And you're just hearing the guys pee in their pants in the audience. And then he's like, hello, Leon. It it is the same gimmick, but it works. Um, So, like I said, Bugs gets his his postage stamp. Uh, The Looney Tunes also achieved success in the area of television during this era in the 90s with appearances several originally produced series, including Tasmania. Come to Tasmania. I remember that show from 1991, starring Taz, and the Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries in 1995, starring Sylvester, Tweety, and Granny. Stupid. Yeah. (laughs) There were some slam dunks, though, in the animation department. I mean, we, we, I could talk all day about, like, I mean, I loved Tailspin. I loved... Um, Animaniacs was a, was a lot of fun too. And that was a Warner Brothers. Yes, Tiny Toons, which were in the era of for sure. Start introducing female leads. Like there were mm-hmm. none with Looney Tunes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was not, now you have Lola and. You got Babs. You have Babs and you have. I'm trying to think of. Dots from Animaniacs. Yes, Dots. Dots great. So we have this, like I said, the Tiny Toon Adventures. With the 1990 spinoff series Tiny Toon Adventures from executive producer Steven Spielberg, where they played teachers and mentors to a younger generation of cartoon characters, Plucky Duck, Hampton J-Pig, Babs, and Buster Bunny. Plus occasional cameos in the later Warner Brothers shows such as Animaniacs, also from Spielberg, and Hysteria. Did you guys ever hear of Hysteria? The Muse no. record? And yeah, a, I was going to say Muse. <laughs> is an American animated series created by Todd uh, Tom Rugger and produced by Warner Brothers Animation. Unlike other animated series produced by Warner Brothers in the 1990s, Hysteria was an explicitly educational program. Nope. I don't want Created no to meet FCC requirements. Yeah, I mean, come on. Get back, get back to the funny. And I always say, to me, laughter is legitimate medicine uh, a lot of medicine is and can be phony baloney because most people don't know what's wrong with them they're just like ah, i think i'm on fire and you're like no <laughs> <laughs> cool analogy man yeah, that's so that was nice that just was, just I connected to that one pretty good <laughs> i think i'm on fire, <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> you got the clap <laughs> or maybe it just a Emodium 36 explosive space <laughs> modulator. Oh, oh, we should do an episode. We should do an album at some point that's all from the perspective of different Looney Tunes characters. <laughs> yeah, oh no, so I'm gonna blow up the earth. Yes, <laughs> I get to be Marvin the Martian. Hell yeah. In 1979, Bugs Bunny's Christmas Carol premiered after the chocolate chase. Uh, oh, yeah, the chocolate chase, the chocolate chase. The chocolate chase. Do you want me to explain anal? what the chocolate chase is? Is that an euphemism for anal? <laughs> no, yes, it's yes. just a. It's like it's just edited for NBC TV special. Oh, I like your version better. But it was like an Easter thing. That was the unedited version. So like they'd have those things though. I mean, like like the Halloween specials. I mean, yeah. they're going to capitalize on every single thing, just like holiday Hallmark cards do. Sure. Like, you mean to tell me you forgot about Uncle Appreciation Day? 
Yeah, where are my appreciation cards for my <laughs> six nieces and nephews? You know, son, I got a disability. It's called every single time I sit down at my palace throne and start to do my own paperwork, I lose feeling in my legs. I call it cramp leg poop syndrome. CPLC. Don't even think about that. That's what I got. I'm just saying, everybody has something. And I don't know where I was going with that, but... Continue, uh, Uncle Holiday. <laughs> Uncle Holiday, I'm on it. I'm on it. We're not getting you a card this year. They don't. It's not Drunkle Holiday. Sounds like a creepy holiday, Uncle Holiday. <laughs> holiday. It's an Uncle Holiday. <laughs> uncle Holiday. They like to take a bus called the Dribble to and from where they're going. Just saying. <laughs> it's a drunk bus. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, they lost their license because they lost. Yeah. Damn. These jokes are old. <laughs> 2000 to 2014 network exploration. In March 2000, it was revealed that the entire Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies library would be exclusive to Cartoon Network. Starting fall of that year, Looney Tunes shorts were still airing on Disney's ABC as part of the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show at the time, and the decision led to the show's cancellation. The decision would remain in effect for over 20 years until MeTV... <laughs> Interesting. Began airing the classic Warner Brothers cartoons along with MGM and Paramount Libraries. Now, 20 years later puts it in, you know, a little closer to modern day here. And I can see, especially with streaming services, how things have literally floundered every other day. I saw three different TVs with three different apps that were the same, and they all had different names on them. HBO Go... Then HBO Max, Max and then Max HBO on another now. TV. Yeah. There's all, yeah. Yeah. Right. What I really appreciate about Looney Tunes and like uh, Disney cartoons growing up is that it was all universal. Like I grew up now with among my peers and I mentioned a cartoon and everyone knows what I'm talking about. Everyone has probably seen that episode. Now there's just so much. There's so yes. many cartoons. There's different streaming services well that's it's it's like that universally with all entertainment i mean uh you look at the bands that we were all listening to in the 90s um you had you were at the mercy of the radio Mm -hmm. and then your 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 buddy's older brother um nowadays it's like you you're constantly hearing about oh have you heard this band no (laughs) that's you can look at it as there's there's too much and it's and so you you want to like no i want to stay in my bubble or you can be like well there's other bands that are like chelsea wolf yeah sweet i love that style i'm gonna dive into it because there is a lot more out there than you think um it's the same with movies i mean yes there is a a certain amount of uh love that we can you know like, oh, yeah, Disney, did you watch The Little Mermaid? Well, of course, everybody that our age has probably seen it. And so it's fun to riff on that. Or, you know, you talk about comedy movies. I'm sure every one of us has seen Spaceballs. I'm sure every one of us has seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Many times. But if you were to be like, hey, did you see this modern comedy? And be like, they have another movie? <laughs> right. Monty Python and the Flying Circus? Huh? What's that? I mean, this is, it's crazy how much things, I feel like in this 
especially the the effect that something like say who framed roger rabbit has transferred over to things across the board because disney saw the saw the writing on the wall mm -hmm. and you have things like kingdom hearts mm -hmm. josh talk about so kingdom hearts. i i gotta <laughs> ask you guys okay so kingdom hearts uh God, I fucking love these games. Um, and I'm going to say now, I'm going to declare now that we are going to be doing a Disney episode at some oh, yeah. point. Of course. Because that is my bread and butter. Old uh, chain smoking, love loving the Nazis, Walter Esner Disney. When we were doing conspiracy therapy, April and I headed up the Disney episode for that. With yes. all the conspiracies surrounding the park. But Kingdom Hearts uh, was... Disney and Square Enix coming together and saying, we have this idea of we want to combine Disney animation and Disney characters and all these, you know, different worlds with your RPGs Final and yeah, yeah, Final Fantasy characters and like the RPG elements. And the kids seem to like these Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. Well, that's the, the beauty How of it. How do we get... Mickey and hey, fucking put Bugs Bunny in that shit. Well, the, the, the give Daffy some airwalk shoes <laughs> and a wallet chain, but then have him swing a fucking sword. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Well, the most ballsy thing billion about billion dollar first, deal. Yeah. Uh, oh man. The the ball the ballsy thing about the first Kingdom Hearts game though is you, you're we're told and, and I was the demograph. You know, I was like 16 when the first one came out. Is Disney meets. Final Fantasy. Okay. Mickey Mouse doesn't appear in the game until literally the end, and it's just a shadow figure. You know, but you have Donald and Goofy the whole game. Ha <laughs> ha! You want to pay for me? I shit platinum, motherfucker! <laughs> you get <Gorge>. him free! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's porky pig, basically. But my 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 thing I would throw who out there. Him his, who gave him his medical card? <laughs> Get him off the set. <laughs> He's having a seizure. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I would be curious if they were to do something in the same vein, Kingdom Hearts, except it's with Looney Tunes. Would that be something that you would play? Because I would mentioned to TJ earlier about, like, well, you know, going through games, like, hey, have you played this? Have you played this? Uh, and Kingdom Hearts was one of the th games I brought up. Uh, if they did the same thing, but with Looney Tunes, would that make you, would that entice you? I don't know if it would, because it might, I mean, I hate to sound like a fucking dickhead, but, like, it might be just a little too, like, childish for me. I That's guess. fair. But it it's like it might intrigue me if it used like a just a bunch of like super cool um like new school animation that was reminiscent of the old. You know what I mean? Like if you're in like a desert level and you're like the coyote or whatever, you got those weird plateaus that are all around that are just completely unrealistic. You got a big rock and then a tiny little rock with a giant rock on top of it, you know? Or you're running along and you accidentally run into an invisible wall because it's a painting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with rock exactly. strapped to your back. Yeah, right, 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 like, right. I, like I feel like uh, like that's an inter interesting idea, but with uh, Looney Tunes, they're like five, six-minute short films. There isn't like... Any like really bad guy? Well, they they were able to take with Kingdom Hearts. You have um, 
Like they took, they made an entire world out of Tugboat Willie. You know, they they have the characters and they have the all the actual voice actors from yeah. Disney. You know, voicing those. You know, so you have like Pete, who is you know working with the bad guys the whole time, but you can tell he's like, like maybe he's not bad. He's just dumb. Yeah. You know, and that you can book. probably do that with Looney Tunes characters as well. You know, you have like Elmer Fudd is a bad guy. <laughs> Yosemite Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even like Foghorn Leghorn or like um, uh, the Coyote. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Something like that. I think the giant. That... Yeah. Hey, I, George. I will. I, I'm I will hug you and kiss you and call you George. I will never say no to anything that I haven't seen. Like anytime I, I, I see reviews, sometimes it can be skewed, whether it's politically or has some sort of just like you know one scene in it that for some reason like like the all the discourse as of recently of this recording with like say something like barbie which we were all interested in seeing because that's out now because oh it's on video yeah okay sweet um because the filmmaker she tends she has made really great movies like i loved lady bird and i i dig what she does and satire is we need fucking comedies right now yes people need to laugh and specifically that's why the boys episodes are so fun because we can all just sit and fucking giggle about shit and talk about looney tunes but like you know when we bring up kingdom hearts like you said and what you brought up was a cool idea Mm -hmm. you know i would never have thought in a million years something like cuphead would function and be such a great like you know like a top tier platform yeah. game well and that's the thing when when kingdom hearts was originally announced like any one of us you know that were into that scene we were like how's this gonna work is this gonna be a good game and fundamentally it's a fun as fuck game to play it's you know a great rpg you know it's fun to do the fighting and like the storyline that is the overlying story in all of kingdom hearts is definitely not as like light-hearted and in kid friendly as you might think it's it, yeah, it yeah, gets yeah. pretty dark sure so um but you know you still you still on surface level have you know oh gosh donald what are you doing <laughs> but that's that's cool and that works and you know for me it's like with final fantasy and this was the discourse i heard about 16 was that without final with a final fantasy there should be a an element of weird and for some fans that's mm. what would draw them to say a final fantasy is that kind of zany aspect but with the dark and like the intense would you s- I mean, because, okay, so TJ and I have both played Final Fantasy 16. Um, there is still a little bit of weird in it, but it's mostly... Do you get what I'm saying, though, when yeah, I say Oh, weird? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Like, yeah, because, uh, yeah, the rest of the Final Fantasies, there's a lot of... You know, it can be serious, but it can also be pretty like, goofy. Like, but, 7 is probably, like, Yuffie. Yes. Or that's one of the... One of them. One of the aspects, or, or unless Kate's, you did a yeah. crossover, Kate's, yeah, over the top, ridiculous. Where it's, yeah, sixteen, or a tiger that talks to you, yeah, red, red 13. thirteen. I mean, that's that's fun though. He still looks cool. Yeah, sixteen doesn't really have that per se. The thing that I think would throw some people off are the icon fights. 
because they are kind of big and bombastic and whatnot. But the 16 is, in my opinion, one of the darker games. Yeah, it is. For sure. Um, it's more serious. It's it's very serious. Very serious. But uh, there was some lightheartedness to it. Like, yeah, he, he yeah. It's like sprinkled in. I can't really like pinpoint it right now, but the, I think I remember little things. The the one moment in that game that was like, whoa, this is out of left field, is the picnic scene. Yeah, I love a picnic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird, but like, okay, I get yeah. why why this is happening, but it's still kind of weird. Yeah, like, okay. I just, you know, I know what I like to see personally. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. My favorite movie of all time has a baby gremlin mutant monster mind reader talking to Arnold with baby hands. And that scarred me. It's and it was scary, but cool and awesome and memorable. And I think sometimes when you throw in that little bit of flavor, and it had practical effects, if you throw in that little bit of weirdness especially with it sometimes you can take a cool turn you know with animation and live action blending with who framed roger rabbit it became a winning thing and it was winning enough that they took incredible academy award winning oscar winning actor michael jordan put him in basketball shoes with bugs bunny and gave him like two lines to read and had a movie how funny that the movie that came out years before that looked so much better when it comes to mixing Roger reality, it's the same and thing reality. like video games. It's like when a new game comes out, and you're like, these graphics, yeah, don't even look like Skyrim level, yeah, and yeah somehow. Yeah. But it's all about the passion you put into. If it's limited amount of resources, it's it'll still show and shine through. Games like Undertale showed you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, games like those old school Super NES kind of throwbacks show you that, and it with animation it shows too. That's why those Buster Keaton. Charlie Chaplin movies are still fucking awesome. <clears throat> Buster Keaton future episode, Charlie Chaplin future episode. These are awesome pieces that show you that with limited resources you can do so much. You just have to have some fucking imagination and heart. Exactly. And that's where Disney comes in future episode. Yes. So, 2015 present revival. There was a bit of a revival with Cartoon Network. We had Wabbit, a Looney Tunes production. Later, new Looney Tunes was announced, starring Bugs Bunny. The series premiered in both Cartoon Network and its sister channel, Boomerang, in late 2015. The series had an unusually slow rollout, with the series being moved to the Boomerang streaming service in 2017, and eventually canceled on January 30th, 2020. Do you guys like Boomerang? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's that Hanna Barbera stuff. I never liked Yogi Bear. Oh, no. like uh, the Jetsons hey, and the Flintstones. Like and... the Flintstones, I get it. I get that it's a, it's a it's a, what is it? The Honeymooners play because yeah. everything when you go back is like the Flintstones. You're like, oh yeah, the cavemen. It's a, it's a sick. It's it's a cartoon based on a sitcom, yeah. and all the mannerisms are are essentially copied. Um, I don't like the Flintstones, but I like their cereal. I get I it. I love their cereal. Yeah, that's... Josh, I like the way you're thinking. Bonnie, this is some good shit. Yeah, maybe we're not <laughs> fans, but we'll bring it up. We'll still say something positive. You know what? At least it's animation of the style, but... Bugs Bunny Builders in Tweety Mysteries. Bugs Bunny Builders began airing on Cartoon Network February 11th, 2021 as part of Cartoonito. Cartoonito? That's it's a neato. brand name used by Warner Brothers Discovery for a collect- these things change every week. Yeah, because they're failing. 
I know. That's Bugs the problem. Cartoon Cartoon Edo is the name combines the cartoon with the Spanish suffix Edo, meaning small. And HBO Max on July 25th, 2022, Tweety Mysteries will also air on Cartoon Network. Bugs Bunny Builders is aimed towards preschoolers, while Tweety Mysteries is a live action animated hybrid. Can someone just fucking cook that little bird? (laughs) Space Jam A New Legacy starring basketball player LeBron James was released in theaters and HBO Max July 16th, 2021. It's a missile. Oh, fuck. That's what he says to the ghost of Leon Schlesinger. Uh, a reboot of Tiny Toon Adventures titled Tiny Toons Luniversity is scheduled to be released in September 2023. That's right now, fellas. The Looney Tunes will reprise their roles as the teachers of Acme Luniversity in the series. And it's canceled. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Oh, he's on it. (laughs) And bombed. In the 1980s, the shorts received VHS releases with the pre-August 1948 shorts released by MGM UA Home Video and the July post-July 1948 shorts released by Warner Home Video. In 20 or sorry, 2003, Warner Home Video began releasing selection shorts on DVD aimed at collectors in four disc sets known as the Looney Tunes Golden Collection. So, I mentioned the Academy Awards. Included in the National Film Registi- Registry is Porky and Wacky Land from 1938, Duck Amuck from 1953, selected in 1999, One Froggy Evening, What's Opera Doc from 1957, Academy Awards Best Short Cartoon, <coughs> Tweety Pie from 1947, For Scent in Mental Reasons, which is a short featuring Penelope Pussycat, who is Penelope Pussycat. What's crazy? Yeah, she's my favorite. Penelope <laughs> Pussycat is the one that at the end he gets colored. He falls on paint and he gets chased. And it turns out Peppy doesn't like to be chased. He likes to be the one that chases. He, oh, he likes to be the one right. that's raping. Right. No, he doesn't like to be raped. Karma's a bitch. Also, <laughs> 1955 Speedy Gonzalez, another Academy Award. <laughs> also, Bird Birds Anonymous from 1957, a little Sylvester Tweedy joint, and Nighty Night Bugs from 1958, an awesome Fritz Freling directed short. Uh, Academy Award nominations. There are. Twelve that were nominated. Damn, Nighty Night Bugs could be his final episode. Which Elmer sucks. Fudd finally gets him. <laughs> <He's> just drunk. <laughs> it's like uh, I've had enough of this. This has been a carrot the whole time, but yeah. no. You guys remember the episode? This is arson in it. There is an episode where Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, I believe, they look forward or they travel forward in time to the year two thousand. And they're both old, and they. You're right. Bugs doesn't want to do anything, and Elmer Fudd's like, "I'm too tired to kill you." He didn't say that, but <laughs> you're the only friend I ever had. Yeah, something like that. Kiss me. Oh, wait, hold, hold me. Hold me. me. Hold me. Hold Kiss me. What are you doing here? Caress my ears. <laughs> 
It's true. I mean, him. you know, strange bedfellows. They they end up together in the end as old old fuckers in a retirement community. Hot, you know, trying to get the streaming services to work, and they're fucking. They got to call they, their nephews over to come fix the. Yeah, exactly. And their batteries don't work in the fucking remote. <laughs> they can't figure out how the input works on the TV. <laughs> Switch it to the VCR. They've been trying to watch Fox News, but the Democrats have hijacked this frequency. So what do you mean? There's apps on my phone that are tracking me. <laughs> it's a witch hunt. I don't want Roku streaming services. That's it. It's the best Elmer I can think of. Do you know Hitler had some good ideas? (laughs) (laughs) Elmer. Yosemite (laughs) Sam's retirement. Oh, God. Uh, Anyway, so that's that's essentially Looney Tunes, fellas. Do we have anything we want to throw out there just to kind of surmise what we've talked about? Anything... Overall, about the looniest of tuniest, I think they're great. What do you guys propose would be if you were working at Warner Brothers and you had to come up with the pitch to help them to market these guys fairly? What would you What would you do in a brainstorming <clears throat> sesh? What What can we do to help our our childhood cartoon friends? They need to open up. They need to because I think that it, to some degree, and maybe you guys will disagree with me, but. The golden age of Disney ended a long time ago. Yeah. And the, the yes, you still have, you know, like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is, I mean, no, no longer existent either. But I feel like if we were to find a way to bring these animation, you know, or these characters together, we could build something bigger yes. off of it. They could use each other. Mm-hmm. There's a, a rich history yeah. that they can draw from. I, I think that they could do something really cool, honestly, if they um, obviously got rid of the racist aspect <laughs> and the, the rape stuff with Peppy yeah. and, you know, the... Yeah, like, they just, they need to obviously do away with a lot of that stuff, but animate animate it the classic way not updated not yes. not new graphics like have it all hand drawn or whatever it was back in the day and maybe introduce uh, a small handful of new characters but like keep the the shock value i mean i know that like this day and age a lot of like the violence stuff wouldn't go through um but like they need to keep some of that Somehow, and maybe introduce a handful of new characters, maybe some like prominent female characters that I- interact well with like the, the main core characters, or maybe build on like Tiny Toons and give them more a little bit more character development. Maybe something like that. I don't know, but it'd be cool to just do it in the like the classic uh, animation style, you know, just to have it have it be new episodes, but like we're gonna we're gonna actually make this like Looney Tunes again without trying to make it like sparkle like a space jam right you know the problem is is you're absolutely right and that would work but um i i feel like you would have and we're we don't get political but i can think of a bunch of political stuff idiots that would be like oh no that's not my fucking peppy he needs to be putting his skunk dick in everything and well then they don't watch it fuck (laughs) them 
That's my solution to most things, what he just said. If you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. Exactly. exactly. Stupid. F- nah, anyway, sorry. It, they would, they, it, <laughs> it's that's, fine. But that's the problem with it. They, so would, they immediately would get mad because it's not the same thing. Oh, that wasn't racist. I watched it, and I'm fine. No, you're fucking racist. <laughs> yeah, you're you're, you're also news, not racist, right? Newsflash. I didn't like Rise of Skywalker. The last Star Wars movie, but I never posted about it online because I don't give a shit. Yeah, like who? Because I love the Mandalorian. (laughs) There's things that I love. There's a place for it. Right. That's that's the thing. Is there was a place for the Rise of Skywalker, and you could watch it one time ago. I experienced it. Laser swords. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. But you know what? You could still go back and watch. You know, A New Hope and exactly the, all those other movies that you loved. But that's another thing is Star Wars. Oh fuck, man! You're gonna get me going on a tangent. <laughs> Future Future episode. Episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna leave it at that. But the thing is, is yeah. If you change it, you're gonna have a demograph of people that are gonna immediately get all pissy about it because they're stupid. Yeah. Or Simple ig- as that. Ignorant. Or maybe just take the old episodes and revoice some of the parts or you know or something and make some of the lines a little different so it's uh, I, not as racially everything we just talked talked about basically. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Maybe that's it's a bad tough. Idea. How do you yeah. how do you they're they're wonderful characters, honestly. They are mm-hmm. really wonderful characters. I would love to see them uh be like a, a prominent thing in this age, but I just don't know how they could make it work for everybody. I, nothing mm-hmm. works for everybody to be honest. So just put those Tasmanian devils on all the to shirts. Sleep. Mm. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Roadrunner. No. <laughs> Mike, what do you think? Oh, I was going to... Um, uh, what you were saying about the Kingdom Hearts video game. Do like a crossover. Uh, like, you know how you had like Marvel versus Capcom and they all kind of... Like you, a fighting game? Well, it, it, was, it, it wasn't them fighting, but it was them coming together. Different universes into one universe to... It's kind of what Kingdom Hearts is, isn't it? Sorry. Well, then have it be with, like, Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes, like, Smash Brothers? I no. mean, technically, Bugs Bunny is in a fighting game. They've got a Nickelodeon Smash Bros. kind of thing with, like, SpongeBob. There might have some, like, Looney Tunes characters in there. I don't know. Gosh, what's the name of that game that's on... That's bigger right now on PlayStation? It's, uh, it's Brawlhalla? I, Brawl I, I don't think it's Brawlhalla. But there's one that's like Smash Brothers that has Bugs Bunny as one of the main characters. Yeah, um, we might have it upstairs. I don't know. But you're right. I mean, if they could, if if at the very least they could make a game using these characters, and you don't have to have you know Peppy actually doing anything to anybody. You could just see him Warner like floating around with hearts <laughs> over Peppy. his head. He's going to come rape Warner. <laughs> He's the big bad in the game. He's coming to get your asshole. Multiverses? Yes. Okay. But like you could have something like that. Someone who's a problematic character. Maybe he's in the background just kind of floating around with hearts above his head or you know something I did, stupid. I, I did a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, Porky would be a, would be tough he's not problematic i mean he's he there's just take the stutter out him and, and elmer fuck well he, he, it's no, kind of iconic it's can't. like it's like bugs bunny not saying what's up doc or uh that's all folks at the end like you kind of there's there yeah. are staples you know it's like if you're a band if you're a rock band and you take out the drums you know, it's like, wait, what? Then every practice will happen with no cancellations. Or it's like a band that you like. <laughs> 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 it's like a 
like a metal band that you love that just stops screaming on the next record. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, oh man! Oh, I, 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 I second pretty much everything these guys said. Um, I will mention that Disney does have more current era Mickey Mouse cartoons with Donald, Goofy, uh, Donald, Goofy, Mickey, Pete. and like yeah, like everybody's there. It's Daisy, it's Daisy, yep. Minnie. Everything works, and they're very funny. Like, yes. the kids love them. I think if you keep it wholesome, kiss, too. keep it simple, stupid. Just make it, make it what it is, what it was, and just do modern stories. You know, like you know. And ultimately, it's for kids. That's the thing that adults need to remember. If they're gonna do more like Disney, exactly, or Looney Tunes, it's for the kids. Exactly. It's not meant for you. And it was something that Larry said that I really appreciated. It was during the Genesis episode where he was talking about specifically about. How one of the rappers that like Chuck D or something was mentioning that every generation's the music is for them. It's not necessarily for you. Yeah. So if you hear it and you go, "This sucks," well, it's not for you. You know, geezer, yeah. get over it. Yeah. It's you know, your stuff is your stuff. Your old stuff will, isn't going to change. You'll still have the same fills, the same licks, the same lyrics that move you. Sometimes you can find good stuff in the in the in the current gen, and and sometimes you know I appreciate the fact that everywhere I go now it seems like I see a Nirvana Nirvana shirt or a Pearl Jam shirt or see see people supporting generally supporting art in different forms, whether it be YouTube creators who are people, and you know you can say what you want, but things like YouTube are great and they benefit people doing things DIY and that's something that I really appreciate especially hosting my own podcast like there's there cool. is fundamentally thank you for supporting uh, but there there's something great about animation too because it wasn't a long form player it was just a short gags front to back and that was the genius of Looney Tunes it was before the Simpsons future episode there was things like looney there were things like looney tunes that was a gag a second it was instant gratification it was i don't have to think about my life falling apart i can sit here and laugh with these characters i love it was the tiktok before tiktok exactly shorts mm-hmm. exactly yeah so when you sit here and you go i hate tiktok well you hate america and China, who we love. <laughs> Thank you, China. China. Please sponsor us. Anyways, are just these kidding. shirts made by China? Nah, maybe. <laughs> no, they're American. No, they're made, made by little Sticker kids. Mule. And... If you want to sponsor oh. us, let email. That's been your episode. All right, so let's go. We're gonna go through and do every. I'll do all the plugs and stuff. But Josh, do you have anything you want to clue people into? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, I've heard most of the new Glassfield record. What? And um because these guys they you know they're not gonna talk about how awesome it is because they're they're humble dudes. But I'm gonna say I that heard when it gets this you AIDS. uh yes like to get your laundry and <laughs> dry cleaning. Uh yeah the new Glassfield when it comes out you really should go listen to it because it is phenomenal these guys have put a lot of work a lot of heart into it so go check that out and it should be very soonish. Soon. 
Yeah, we're shooting for a single release in October. If that doesn't happen, don't sue us. But we take things like we do as the sad dads we are. And we let it flow, and when it happens, it happens. But we are so fucking stoked, so thank you for that, Josh. We also have remote locations. We said it before, we're in the process of mixing. It's that. so close to being done. Yeah, it's so good. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff coming from there. Tej, anything on the dead me front? Anything um, that Josh didn't mention? Yeah, uh, Dead Me is going to release another track here pretty soon, too. Um, I'm going to be in the studio this weekend working on the wrapping up the next song or whatever. We've got a bunch of songs in the works, just they're all in various stages. So this next one's like the just needs some vocals finished up and then we can mix it and master it and put it out. And that's my goal to have that out next month. So it's great. I heard it. I love it. Mike, what? <laughs> what? What's that? Mike! Mike! What do you like, Mike? Why why are you here? Swipe right on Mike! What are you selling? uh, I'm just. What are you buying? What are you buying? (laughs) Present evil. Oh. Stranger. um, I'm just going to echo my friends, their bands. I've heard. some of their music and it's amazing thanks, uh thanks. so definitely check it out i mean uh for someone that doesn't play music anymore uh that can change it could it could I, i've been thinking about it and uh, it, it maybe maybe it should maybe do it, it. Should. maybe we'll see maybe we can we'll do see. A, we can do a podcast it's band. always so obvious to me and it, i'm sorry but this is a side tangent but it's like it's always like right there with 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 people sometimes and if you're out there and you're like i don't know if i should do a thing just do it you're Nike. sitting at a table of musicians <laughs> you're like i could do music there's musicians in front of me but i won't ask you know what dude like i took 10 years away i just didn't want to do it so yeah. you might you might just find yourself in a spot where you decide to just dive back in yeah i i, I think for me like like on the reel is just like you know being like confident and comfortable with it. Oh yeah, and, for and sure. then being like even as an artist, just uh, being able to project that and be like, "Hey, this is what I have to bring to the table. Please don't hate me. Please don't hurt me." Kind of a thing. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so it's 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 a it's definitely a lack of confidence for sure. Um, I understand. I get that. Sometimes yeah. it takes several years, a yeah. pandemic, many canceled practices for the band to come together, and I get that. <laughs> Bad relationships, yeah. shitty cards dealt i get it Mm -hmm. i get it you know i am here on this god's green earth by the grace of what higher powers are controlling things alanis morissette thank you yes thank you spaghetti monster and i feel snuffle up i guess i truly and you can take this spiritually or any other way i truly do feel blessed every day to be able to work on the things that i do because i have outlets and if you need an outlet Check out Spotify for podcasts. No, just kidding. But like, also, just do it, man. I mean, my brother was an amazing bass player at 17. I wasn't going to ask him, but everybody in the world was like, you should ask him. And I was like, but he's my brother. And then it turned out to be a great thing. So here we are today. Like and subscribe. Five stars. Shout outs on the episode to you for said shout out. I say thank you and please share with a friend like the YouTubes share with friends the videos are fun to do I've been editing clips and the best of at the end of the year will be a lot of fun also um, 
the Discord is in the link. You can join that and discuss with us. And if you have an episode suggestion, zanzizipodcast at gmail.com. And that's where you can send those to, and we'll add them to the dossier. In fact, next week, Monday, is the aforementioned episode that was suggested from Brittany uh, Bradshaw Mm -hmm. uh, about nursery rhyme origins. Oh, that'll be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, before we close out, do we want to have Porky? Close us out. Well, we will. But I want to. <laughs> I want to mention. I want to mention one more thing. On our Instagram page, there is a link to the merch that we have. Now, I do buy short runs of merch locally here in Michigan. If anybody wants a shirt, all you got to do is message us, and we can get them to. Don't you. fall. Mike is wearing one of them. I'm wearing a shirt. Got shirts. We got shirts. Oh, Glassfield shirts. Glassfield too. shirts too, but Zanzizi. 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 Um. If you want one, I'm more than happy, especially during this first season, to just meet up with anybody locally and stickers that I have plenty of. And if anybody internationally would like one, maybe if you can chip in a little for shipping, I can send you something. No questions asked. Come to some Glassfield shows. Maybe we'll have Zanzizi merch. Yeah, that's true. Mike and I will be there. Oh, boy. Work on the table. Yeah. I I mean, I'm Well, like they said. That's all, fuckers. I'm nervous, Daffy. Listen, brother, you gotta get out there and don't choke again. Which way is the stage? Just look at the sign. Get ready for the rap battle of the century. First, let's have a hand for DJ Bacon Bits. Put your hands in the air like you eat to the edge and just don't care. <laughs> All right. Our first challenger tonight, hail from 8 Carrot Road. Put your hands together for B-Rabbit. And first on the mic tonight, is the reigning champion, the MC Hunter, Elmer Fudd with a PA. I'll get you, Wabbit. Yo, I'm taking you to school. Call me the professor. You're sexually confused because you're a cross-dresser. You like to kiss men, and that's real funny. Call up, you have now you a gay boy, buddy. Lost on this stage, you need a map, junkie. You made a long left turn at Albuquerque. One more, one more. I'm a pimp, cause my hunting apparel is hot, son. Do it wide by on your hole with my double barrel shotgun. Oh, now hold on a second, Mac. It's not rabbit hunting season yet. See? Okay, your turn, B-Rabbit. Uh, yo, uh, uh, yo. Yo, 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 that you call me, you wascally wabbit. Say your R's like W's, that's a really bad habit. It's room, not boom. Trees, not tweed. You replaced so many R's, I thought you was Chinese. <laughs> You're so stuck on yourself, I'll call you Elmer's glue. I got you some coffee, one lump of two. So? like a goyle to prove that you're gay. Would you like a kiss handsome? Really? Okay. Elma packs fud. 
You heard what I said. He's so bald, I'll put a hair on his head. I'll sit down on your head just like I was a thinker. Hmm. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> It's me, Dr. Trey. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. I like to offer you a record deal. You're gonna go down in history as the first gray MC. That's all, bitches. This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.